0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to the Poker Face Recap Podcast, where every week I dive into the world of the hit Peacock TV series, Poker Face. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm excited to break down each episode in this character-driven murder mystery series. No bullshit. So sit back, relax, maybe crack open a tall can of your favorite beer, and let's get started on this wild ride with Charlie Kale as she solves murders across the United States. This episode, episode two, season one of Poker Face, titled The Night Shift, This episode aired January 26th of 2023. This episode also directed and written by Ryan Johnson, as was the first episode. This is co-written by Alice Ju, and the story editor is Wyatt Kane. The guest stars of this episode are Hong Chow, Megan Suri, Colton Ryan, John Rassenberg, a.k.a. Cliff Claven, a.k.a. from Cheers, and a.k.a. Ham from Toy Story, and, of course, Benjamin Bratt. This episode, Charlie Kale, as we last left her, she was escaping Las Vegas while Benjamin Bratt's character Cliff was on the run after her, chasing after her. And as Charlie's on the run, her car breaks down in somewhere in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico, Uh, Kind of a truck stop area where there's only a few businesses. Um, But this is the place where a trucker has been framed for murder. It has a younger cast in this episode. And uh, Charlie gets some tips to stay invisible while she's on the run. And as always, Cliff is still on her tail from Las Vegas. Right. So she breaks down her car, radiator, bus or whatever just happens to be right out or going through, driving through this small little truck stop area where nobody lives. But there's this area where there's like a little convenience store, there's a subway, there's a diner, there's a gas station slash mechanic shop. And that's about it. Breaks down. Right. It's a place where big, th- big rigs go through all day uh, and you have a creepy mechanic kid who's, you know, looking through binoculars on the roof of his shop, like looking at the girl who works at the convenience store. Uh, then there's we have our very happy, super happy TikTok influencer guy who works as a sandwich at the uh, a, uh, I forget what they call themselves at Subway uh but he works at Subway and he is on TikTok telling people his new concoction, his new sandwich that he's making, right? This guy's former military, we find out. Uh and he every night he brings a sandwich to the worker at the convenience store, who is, I should probably get their their character names up. Um but this is a this is a thing he does every night, brings her a sandwich, clearly has a Sarah, uh, clearly has, like, they, he's got a thing for her in a lot of ways. And he buys a lottery ticket, scratches it off. They have this ritual where it's like if he wins, he's going to take her on a vacation. They talk about if he wins, he's going to take her to, to uh, Hawaii or whatever right that's this this fantasy right the the dream to get out of this small nothing town right which i can't imagine living in a place like that and then we also see uh the uh well also when he does this when damien who is the guy who works at the sandwich shop uh he she gives him sarah gives him a quarter off of this like Uh, map where you know quarters on the back of them at least certain ones have are have a state kind of design on the back so he chooses hawaii because that's like oh i'll take you to hawaii and this is kind of the ritual they they do every night and then the creepy kid at the mechanic shop his name is jed uh he's in the convenience store buying a six six pack of beer and invites Sarah to watch a meteor shower that's supposed to happen and then also invites Damien kind of haphazardly on the side. Kind of like, oh, yeah, you're invited too," kind of a thing. Right. And. Uh, after Jed leaves, Damien asks Sarah if if Jed's bothering her, because he's definitely a creepy dude. And, you know, he's obviously awkward, not the most not the most uh, warm personality to to come in and invite them to to go watch like even if you knew the guy you'd probably think twice about hanging out with him on a roof at night right so you see jed go back to the shop he shuts off the security cameras before he goes up on the roof uh you see the sandwich guy back at the sub damien back at subway he takes one of the knives they use to put in his back pocket and he goes up on the roof to you know kind of confront jed a little bit and he when he goes up there he sees jed spying on sarah right uh he takes a beer right trying to he's like hey what's up man takes a beer out of the cooler puts a bottle cap in his thing and he's talking to him uh Jed refers to himself as a god up there because he can see everything that's happening. And then, you know, the, of course, the military, Damien is from San Diego, uh, kind of pro-military, right? Kind of just talking positively about the military on every uh, thing, which as somebody who lived, spent 13 years in San Diego, very big military town. There's naval base. There is the... The uh, Camp Pendleton, I think, is what it's called, just outside of San Diego. There's a lot of gr- – spending time, my 20s, in San Diego, there were many a house party, many a party that had a lot of military dudes. And they have a very specific way about them when it comes to very pro-military obvi- – it's like – it's it's the same level as somebody who just recently became a vegan or somebody who just recently started CrossFit. They can't shut up about it, and they are like, "Oh, it's the best thing ever," right? They have this fake positivity about them, but also, in my 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 uh, recollect, they they also have my memory, my my experience, I should say, also willing to they feel like they're superior to everybody else because not the Damien. Damien is the exception to that. And not to say that all men who are in the military are like that, but it is a very common trait where they are fake, cordial, respectful, but willing to in a moment's notice treat you like the villain, (laughs) treat you like the enemy. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, but Damien, like I said, he seems okay. Just kind of, kind of awkward in a way as well. Not as much different kind of awkward than, than, uh, than Jed for sure. Uh, and Damien tells him that he needs to leave Sarah alone, right? It's kind of creeping her out. And he's trying to sympathize with Jed, you know, understanding how it can be growing up in a small town, how, Everything can everything feels you have a different perspective on things and things can feel a lot different than they should. Right. Jed gets angry at him and tells him that, you know. That he kind of lays claim to Sarah because Jed was there when she first showed up, he was the first one to welcome her to the town. Right. Kind of like, oh, I marked her as she's my territory. I was here. I saw her first kind of a thing. Right. And. Damien trying to continue to relate to him, you know, relating to how, you know, the monotony of of doing the exact same thing every day, day in and day out, how that can be a little bit frustrating. And he's trying to be a good guy, trying to relate to this guy, but also trying to get him from creeping on Sarah, which he is clearly doing. He has this obsession with her watches her through the these giant binoculars on his roof where he turns the cameras off he doesn't want people to know that he's up there he he he's voyeuristic he is a peeping tom in a lot of ways while she's working right and they talk about luck like uh, jed brings up like oh you're just some tiktok guy Famous TikTok guy, and he's like, "Listen, bro, I, er, you know, I focused and I built that community." Kind of a funny. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. It's funny to to hear people talk about social media. It just the the perspective they have on social media and things very very interesting. Calls him a celebrity, which it, <laughs> you know, I guess it, it it is in some ways. If you have a big following online, you are in many ways a celebrity, and he is a very positive guy when you saw him doing his tiktok about sandwiches very positive spreading positivity that's what he likes to do he definitely feels like a very positive guy very very you know nice type of a guy very focused as well and that's what he you know gives credit to being able to build his audience right and his joy of just making sandwiches and spreading positivity that's what he wants to do has has goals to someday start a youtube page which Let me tell you, if you're anybody who wants to make content online, the worst thing you could do is only create for one platform. You need to have everything everywhere all at once, and it's more than just a great movie. It is a good strategy because you never know when a billionaire is just going to purchase a social media network in order to boost his ego. Uh, It's, uh, you know... Social media platforms come and go. Let me tell you, as somebody who started with MySpace and had an amazing following on MySpace, and that almost overnight disappeared, and ever since then, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. But anyway, I digress once more. Uh, So Damien scratches off his lotto ticket while he's still on the roof. Right. While he's telling his story, uh, you know, talking about doing things for fun like this is what you know, I go over there, I get a lottery ticket like this and I scratch it off because it's fun. I don't do it because I'm expecting to get anything out of it. I just do it for fun. I'm just looking for little moments of small joys that I can do for fun. And as he scratches off, he realizes he won He won twenty five thousand dollars. And without taking a breath, Jed just pushes him right off the edge of the, the roof. And, and Damien goes crashing to the ground, right? Jed f- follows him, crawls down the ladder, and finds the lotto ticket. And in that moment, you see uh, Damien is not quite dead yet. He grabs at the knife that he brought and slices at Jed's calf, uh, is able to cut his calf. But then Jed grabs a crowbar and, and finishes the job. Uh, and then Jed wraps him up on the tarp, right? And from a car that's sitting right there, grabs the tarp, wraps him in the tarp and puts him on one of those kind of carts that mechanics use to roll under cars to to do things. I don't know what they're called. I'm sure they have a name, but he loads jet on that. And for whatever reason, seems like a bad idea, but he does it loads him up on that and takes him across the street to a semi that he pointed out earlier saying that like oh it's kind of weird that that truck's there out of the range of all of the cameras like like it's a very interesting location for that truck to be and after having seen that he takes uh damien's body to that truck breaks the lock open puts him in the back in the in the in the what the trailer of the the semi truck right Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking to add some unique and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor. That's me. These abstract paintings on paper explore the endless possibilities of the human face, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Now you can bring these stunning and thought-provoking pieces into your own space with high quality prints and t-shirts. Featuring designs from the Many Faces series. Or take home a -a one-of-a-kind original piece for your collection. Don't miss out on this opportunity to add some original and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com to browse and purchase original artworks, prints, and t-shirts from the Many Faces series today. And now, back to the show. And, uh goes back to subway returns the knife washes it off washes the blood off the knife puts damien's apron hangs it back up he's wearing the little plastic sandwich gloves right so he doesn't leave any fingerprints and then as he leaves you know kind of exiting like a doctor using it backing out of the door right seemingly covering up his tracks right then he sees the driver of that truck notice going to her semi noticing that the lock was removed popping open the back and seeing the dead body and then she gets in her semi and pulls it around and at that moment jed is like freaking out because she is pulling around and parking right in front of The mechanic shop right he's like what is going on why is this coming back to me i just put it over there and in that moment he notices that she's going back there to take the body out and dump it so he decides to then turn the surveillance cameras back on uh in order to capture this happening and in that moment jed calls the police and uh reports a murder right oh i just like it's a perfect cover-up for him Right? Oh, he's got the, the evidence. She dumped the body. Now, cut back to, as we do in every episode, we're given the setup, we're given the crime, and then the second act, we cut back to seeing how Charlie Kale fits into all this stuff. Right? So we see Charlie Kale's car blowing up, the radiator blowing out. She pulls into the garage. Cliff Claven, uh, a.k.a. Abe is the uh, shop owner or the the head mechanic. He runs the shop, whatever it is. He quotes her $400 to get it fixed, but he can't do it tonight. He's going to do it the next morning because there's one of his favorite shows is on, and it's not even going to take him that long, but he's like, listen, I got this show. So Charlie needs to, you know, wait out the night, get cash in the morning to pay this guy off so she could be on her way. Uh, and <clears throat> Jed... The other mechanic criticizes her for her lack of care that she gives this car, Um, which just showing more how kind of the type of person Jet is. Uh, So then she goes, stops by the subway where Damien is working, still alive, obviously, because we are back in time and he uh does his sandwich magic for her asks if he can play around he's trying something new and she's like yeah go for it obviously she loves it uh when she actually goes to eat it and while she's eating it completely surprised this old trucker right behind her talking about the 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 meteor shower that's going to happen scaring the shit out of her hilarious moment Right. She goes to the arrest She finds a restroom to clean off the blood because she got shot when she was trying to escape Las Vegas. So she's trying to clean the blood off of her shirt. And that is where she meets Marge, the truck driver that later is blamed for a murder. Right. She she meets her in the restroom. And uh. In that moment, <laughs> another hilarious moment where Marge just lets out a solid, rock-solid fart, and they lock eyes with each other, and Marge is like, that's what's hap- That's what happens in here, right? Just absolutely hilarious, like, okay, right? We don't think we fart. This is where people fart. This is where that happens. Uh, and Marge notices that it's a bullet wound that uh, the blood is from, right? And she ends up giving... Or some medical advice, right? Don't take ibuprofen. It just makes you bleed more. Uh, And as Charlie's about to leave the restroom, she passes out. Cut to she's in Marge's cab of her truck. And Marge is super gluing her wound shot. It is, you know, she's like, this is what the military does. You know, Big Pharma doesn't want you to know that this is kind of something that you can do. And Charlie asks, like, uh, you know, you feel protected out here. She's like, well, I got my dash cam, and then I've also got my gun. She has a name for her gun, uh, both for protection, right? And find out that Charlie is the first person that that Marge has talked to in almost a year, aside from talking to people on a CD radio. Uh, you find out that she, also, she listens to a book on tape about Buddhism. Um, and she asks, you know, if they she wants to join her it's like well i'm not getting any kind of like sex vibes. so it's like you want to just go to the diner they have a three for eight bucks or whatever three of whatever you want for eight bucks she's like yeah let's go so they go i mean charlie's gotta kill time anyway and that's where charlie finds out that marge is invisible she's a ghost she doesn't exist online right she uses fake ids um and she gives her gives charlie other tips for ways to stay off the radar right and uh marge talks about her love of the road that like you know as a person she's just a small frail woman but when she's inside of her massive truck she is like a monster and she kind of likes that idea she likes the idea of being free um and she doesn't let charlie use her card she gives her the advice she's like, listen. Last time I used a card, within four hours they try because Marge is on the run as well. She stole money from I think a family member, I forget, or a husband, and they're trying to track her down. So she's like giving her all this tip, and she gives her like this four minute, four hour kind of a window thing. It's like if you use your card, they can be on your location within four hours, right? Which that comes up later on, and. Uh, tells her you need to find some kind of cash side hustle you can't be working with that stuff right and marge deals with subscription pills right and offers her some pain pills now that she is a little drunk and trusts charlie a little bit more she's willing to you know give her some of the good stuff and marge leaves to go get some tells her he'll be right back and that's the moment where we see we don't see in this time but we saw before that's when marge goes out and realizes that Damien is in the back of her truck and that somebody stashed her there and then so she never comes back to the diner right and Charlie's getting kicked out they're closing even though the diner's 24 hours you know they're closing she's getting kicked out and Charlie asks if she could possibly sleep in the storage room which of course she cannot so cut to the next morning where Charlie's waking up on a picnic table just in the middle of nowhere nothing around her just some picnic table out in the desert and a and a a buzzard is on the table with her right uh she sees as she goes back into where all the shops are she sees a bunch of cops at the the gas station right not sure what they're there for clearly a little bit hesitant because obviously she's on the run herself she ends up talking to the waitress from the diner kind of gets some Uh, Finds out that Marge is suspected of killing somebody, which doesn't really make sense to Charlie. But also, you know, it's definitely possible considering, you know, she has a gun. She is on the run anyway. Who knows? Whatever. Definitely is a possibility, but doesn't seem like it fits necessarily. Right. So she finds out she killed the subway guy, which, you know, she she met the subway guy. She met Marge. Does it? The pieces don't necessarily fit up. That's not necessarily what sparks Charlie to investigate. Um, So Charlie takes out the cash to pay the mechanic. Right. Sets her watch. Sets an alarm for four hours because that's the window that Marge told her, which I don't know how much money Charlie took out. Hopefully more than 400. Hopefully she took out whatever the max is because she probably doesn't want to use that card again. Like this could be the only time she's able to use it. And then she goes over when she pays the bill. She asks Abe about Damien and you know, to see why there may have been a reason for this whole thing. And in the back, Jed pops up, pipes up and says like, oh, maybe he had money problems. Right. And you find out also because like he's like, oh, he played the lottery all the time. Maybe he had money problems. Uh, And you find she finds out that Jed also called the cops. Right. Jed was the one that that saw it happen and called the cops. Um So then we see Jed going back to the convenience store to buy uh, another scratcher to play off the fact that he is winning this this ticket. Right. Obviously, he has to clarify that he got the ticket from somewhere. He needs the evidence. He needs the witness to. Oh, yeah, I remember him. And he buys the same type of ticket as Damien. He's like, oh, it's in honor of Damien or whatever, which is very creepy, whatever. And he wins, obviously, switches the ticket. He's like, oh, my God, I won. And then as Charlie is leaving, she sees Jed leaving the convenience store, yelling to the skies, I'm out of here, fuckers, right? Which obviously would be a good feeling if you want some money, finally get out. And then on the news, she finds out that Damien was bludgeoned on the radio. And she checks her watch and she has less than three hours left. But because she heard that Damien was bludgeoned, that is the moment where she's like, bullshit. Like if Marge was going to do it, she'd use her gun. There's no she's why would this this little lady be bludgeoning a former military young dude didn't make any sense to her. Right. So she turns back to investigate. She can't help not. And also we find out another reason why she turned back. Uh, but she goes back and uh, joins the security camera watch party that is going on, where everybody's watching the security camera footage from the the mechanic shop of Marge dumping the body. But the camera only catches her dumping the body; doesn't actually capture the bludgeoning, right? And Charlie's like, "Doesn't it, this isn't evidence? It shows that she dumped the body, but it doesn't show she like of her killing him, right?" So she goes across the street. Charlie goes across the street to look at the convenience store footage, but the guy currently working there that's not Sarah is like, no, I'm not going to do it. Are you a cop? No, you're not a cop. Okay, well, I'm not going to give it." Despite the fact he didn't like cops, he's like, I'm still not going to let you do it, right? So it's, then she goes outside to schmooze with Sarah, who is on a smoking break, you know, sucking on her vape. She kind of talks about, it's like, oh, I've wondered about those things. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the future or whatever. Uh, and Sarah doesn't believe that that uh, he would break into – Sarah doesn't believe that she would break into um, – doesn't make any sense that Damien would break into her truck either. So, anyway, Charlie gets her to show her the camera footage, the camera footage that they have. And Sarah tells Charlie about the routine of Damien coming in, bringing her a sandwich, buying a scratcher. And Charlie mentioned that Jed was lying about this was the other thing that didn't make sense to her. When Jed piped up and said that he had never won while scratching, she knew that he was lying, that he never won while scratching. Um, But then when, when Sarah said it, she she wasn't lying right when she said he never won she wasn't lying so it doesn't make any sense to her but another inconsistency another thing that's that's making charlie go okay well what's really going on here right it's like why are you both saying the same thing but why is it a lie when jed says it right then she finds out that jed won this morning that's why he was screaming And that's like well that's really weird right and she mentioned, Sarah mentions that Jed had invited them to the roof to watch the meteor shower. So it's like, okay. So Charlie goes to Subway to check their security camera, finds out that the security camera is just a cat toy, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous, but also would make sense that a giant chain would skimp on security for their employees, uh, a company that probably cares far more about profits than human life at all so then she makes uh her way back behind the counter uh of the subway to inspect damien's apron she finds a bottle cap from the beer that damien had drank right so cut to jed scratching his wound right he's just kind of lounging in a chair scratching his wound wound from the cut that damien gave him uh, Charlie notices it and offers to help. She's got this new trick with super glue that she found out, right? So she's cut to her helping Jed also gives her an opportunity to ask him some questions, uh ask him about the razzmatazz from last night, right? Seeing what uh kind of seeing what he's going to lie about, right? That's that's her superpower, so it's like if she can ask him questions that are going what if he lies or not is going to speak to speak a lot more truth like she can kind of navigate her way uh depending on how he answers these different things right uh so she asks him what he plans to do with the money he mentions maybe going to hawaii which is really creepy uh he gets nervous when she mentions marge right and he goes to get a beer same kind of beer She catches him lying about being on the roof alone, right, all night while uh, handing her the same kind of beer that Damien had a cap fork. So, kind of shows, okay, Damien was probably on the roof, drank one of these beers that he likes to drink, and he's lying about being alone. So, you know, she's finding out a little bit more, right? She asks Abe, the older guy, to see the footage that was the camera pointing at her car right she says that something was taken from her car or missing from her car i should say and he wanted to she wants to see and her car was the car that was sitting that the tarp was used to wrap damien's body right right and so they go look at the footage and she notices a jump right she notices the camera moves right from damien hitting it on his way down also notices the tarp is hanging different on the car which makes no sense and then abe notices that the time also jumps and abe kind of gives the excuse like oh yeah that happens a lot and jed you know jed explained it to me so it's it's common so it's basically jed came up with an excuse for why he's turning the security cameras off when he goes to hang out on the roof and uh obviously a bullshit answer but if you're old and don't know technology then It can work. Right. Jed goes to talk to Sarah. Right. About uh, Damien. Right. He mentions thinking about going to Hawaii and inviting her, which is absolutely creepy. One, the way he's talking about it, but also the fact that, like, he's trying to just use their fantasy that she had with this guy that is now dead. As a way to get like, oh, sh- that's what she wanted to do with him. So maybe she'll want to do that with me, too. Very creepy. She reacts to it in the, the most normal way by like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You are crazy. Uh, Charlie then goes onto the roof to investigate clearly, see, what, see what's up on the roof. She sees the Hawaiian quarter just as she does. Jed comes up and she puts her foot on the quarter. And uh, she starts asking him about the bottle cap that she found in Damien's pocket. And uh, the fact that Sarah told her uh, he went up to see her, which he calls bullshit on, right? So clearly she's trying to fish for lies from him. And she he threw back the bullshit in Charlie's face, which is, which is a first, right? And he ends up telling the truth about Damien being up there on the roof. Then he starts to lie about his feelings for Sarah, right? Like, oh, he came up on the roof because he said I was, you know, to, to stay away from Sarah, that I was creeping her out. And then he's like, I don't think, like, she's just some uppity. She's got these parents. She's so spoiled. All these things. And it's like clear that she, he's lying now. Right? Like Charlie is seeing that he's lying. Just spewing bullshit after bullshit. And while he's doing that, sh- Charlie takes that moment to pick up the quarter and she points out um that winning lottery, right? He's acting like he earned, like he's acting like him quote unquote winning the lottery is the same thing as what Damien did, growing his audience on TikTok, like he earned it, like he worked for it. And Charlie's like, winning the lottery is just dumb luck, right? He didn't work for anything, right? And she brings up the lie he told earlier about Damien never winning. Uh, As a way to prove her point, but also catch him again, right? And uh, she calls out his bullshit and then quickly leaves. Like, oh, I need to get out of this situation because it's it's becoming clear to her that Jed is the one who killed him, right? Let's take a quick break right now to talk about are you a fan of original artwork and live events? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor and the weekly live stream over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder. This ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy In just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time as I paint live, follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor, Head to youtubecom Disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream, and visit inspiredisorder.com to browse and purchase the many faces artwork. And now let's get back to the show. She examines the quarter. It's got uh, the scratcher, lotto scratcher dust on it, uh, and she goes to buy some scratchers uh, that the the sandwich guy played, right? You know, just to see if she can find out anything, buy some scratchers. In that moment, she notices that the scratchers have ticket numbers, serial numbers on them. Right. So then Sarah, we cut to Sarah goes across the street to the mechanic shop to apologize to Jed about how she was acting like a bitch and uh, and that she wants, you know, uh, you know, to look. At the, she, like, I've never seen an actual winning ticket. Can I can I see that? And, of course, it's all a ruse just so she can get her hands on the ticket to show Charlie, right? So as soon as Jed, who's like, yeah, I kind of felt like you were probably being all premenstrual or whatever, you know, I, I kind of noticed you were acting. So, I, you know, I understand. Like, he accepts her fake apology. And uh, as soon as she gets the ticket, she hands it off to Charlie, who points out the serial number discrepancy. Right. So it's like if you bought this ticket the next morning, then why does it have numbers that are more in line with this ticket that was thrown away from this guy that I saw uh, yesterday? Right. Like your ticket should be these numbers, but this is showing these numbers. Right. And uh, she lays it all out to Jeb. Right. Like, this is what I think. This is what I think actually happened, right? They're interrupted by Abe. um, And, right, like your car is done. And in that moment, Jed confesses, but knows that she won't call the cops, right? Because he knows that she's on the run too, right? He looked her up. He looked at her registration, looked at her up, and found out that she's, you know, wanted for murder herself, Right. And her four-hour alarm goes off, right? Her time's up. She can't investigate any longer. Cliff is going to be showing up any moment. Uh, so she ends up leaving, right? Kind of figured it out, but isn't didn't find enough to actually get him caught, right? Then she decides to turn around and ask a trucker about his dash cam. She gets an idea. She's like, wait a minute. She asked this trucker about his dash cam, right? She then goes into the diner where she was, where this other trucker was that night. It's trying to describe the logo that was on this other trucker who had footage of Marge's truck, right? So would have had actual footage of the bludgeoning. Or it had... Maybe it was pointed at the alley where her car was. Right. But it's she's trying to, like, track down this trucker that would have the proof, the actual proof. Right. And it goes through another thing similar to her inability to think of the word locker in the first episode. Multiple times she struggles to think of the logo that she saw so she draws it out everybody in the diners like trying it's like a game of Pictionary where she's trying to draw this thing out and then it's like oh she can't get it from the picture and then she's like there was a song that was associated with and she starts humming it and then this guy at the other end of the diner just starts belting out the song right and in that moment they realize oh it's this logo oh this is the trucker you're looking for pickleback or whatever right fucking pickleback Right. And she tells him as she's leaving to get on the radio, radio pickleback, tell him to check his dash camera. Right. He's got the evidence on his dash camera. Right. And just as she leaves, Cliff shows up. And Cliff goes into the convenience store, asks Sarah where if she's seen Charlie and she gives him bad information when she sees that this guy's got a gun, right? Uh, cut to Abe tells Jed that he noticed that uh, Charlie's brakes had been tampered with and that he fixed them for her uh, without her knowing, without charging her, right? Like So Abe knew that that Jed is up to no good and is not a good person as well and calls him out, right? and jed then starts spewing out bullshit again uh that he was you know just and in that moment uh, Cliff just or uh abe takes out his hearing aids because he doesn't want to hear jed's bullshit anymore uh and later that night as jed is up on the roof right and decides to burn the lottery ticket because he thinks it's the only piece of proof right if the lottery ticket doesn't exist then He is not tied to this in any way. Right. Thinking that's the only thing that ties him to it. And as he's burning the evidence, all of the cops pull up and that's the end of the episode. So another successful crime, another murder solved by by Charlie. Right. This show. Is so interesting because we know the truth. Right. We know the truth even before we see Charlie, even before she is even in the episode. We know what happens, right? So the fun of these episodes is watching Charlie uncover these things, watching her use her ability to ask questions in order to see if people will lie about certain things or not. That's where the fun of this show is, which is very interesting, very much like Knives Out, right? With Knives Out, we, it's not about what happens. It's about why. And the same thing with Charlie. It's not about that people lie. People lie about everything. The real question is why, right? When she found out Jed lied about Damien never winning a lottery ticket, why would he lie about that? And why would would she know that Jed is lying, but then when Sarah says the exact same thing, she knows that she's telling the truth, right? Discrepancy, weird discrepancy. And that's it's just so fun to watch it all come together and to watch her uncover this thing piece by piece. Just so satisfying, right? Um, and this episode was interesting, right? Not only getting a new story, but also the, the life of people who live and work in the middle of nowhere. This small town type of existence uh, has to be absolutely painful and you know it doesn't seem like maybe there are but you know it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like versions of reality in that situation that get highlighted in stories really right so seemingly overlooked not that we really get to delve in too deep but seeing these kids who are working wanting something bigger what different reasons they're there all that stuff uh and still, even though it's a small, middle of nowhere, there's still the big chain of Subway that exists, right? You can't, can't get, can't get away from the giant corporate chains of things. Um, and again, Charlie narrowly escaping Cliff, the fact that Sarah gave him wrong information, just kind of giving more, and in addition to Marge giving Charlie a bunch of pointers to stay invisible, both of those things should give Charlie a little bit of a a buffer to gain distance from Cliff, right? So probably not going to be seeing Cliff in the next few episodes as she's kind of shaking him for now with the, the combination of her new strategy as well as him going in the wrong direction. He's going to California. Who knows where Charlie's actually going? I mean, I guess if she's Going from Vegas to New Mexico, she's going east, and Sarah told him that she's going west, which doesn't wouldn't make any sense, right? For Cliff, it it would. If you're like following somebody who's going east, why would they all of a sudden go back the other way? Unless you know who knows. Either way, should help her out. Should give her some some distance, some buffer, uh, and hopefully, um, she pulled pulled out a good amount of cash when she hit the atm uh next episode season one episode three is the stall where charlie takes a job at a family run texas barbecue joint and must use her skills of perception to sniff out the truth behind a shocking death another death and uh good news peacock announced poker face will be back For a second season, which I am happy about. I'm excited to not only see how this season ends, but excited to see how this story continues in a second season, Uh, which I am happy about. I love Ryan Johnson. I love Natasha Lyonne. I love this show. I love that it's doing something that's like an old school type of a structure. And both episode one and two so far, which were both written and directed by Ryan Johnson, the one of the best at telling these types of stories both told very great stories and it'll be interesting to see how the future episodes stack up uh, as they will be written and directed by different people either way that is a wrap for this week's episode of the Poker Face Recap Podcast. Tune in next Tuesday for another recap of the latest episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube if you're watching this episode. Until then, keep your poker face on and see you next week. No bullshit. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace Oh.